This is a Radio.com original. We all have these great stories, and cars aren't just transportation to guys like us. They're just not. They're, they're memories. They, uh, they were family members. They were things that, um, that they're great time machines for us that we see a particular car that was part of our past and we're instantly transported back there, much like hearing a favorite song from back in the day on the radio takes us right to that moment. Um, it's just one of those things that I think makes life worth living and puts the color between the lines. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars podcast. It has everything a car person loves. Car stories, celebrities giving us their car stories, car personalities with their car stories. Bob, me, what's not the like? I agree. I, I, don't you agree? I agree. I We got it all. <laughs> <laughs> Hot Rod Good Bob Beck. Great cars. <laughs> Hot Rod Beck joining us. Hot Rod Bob Beck. Uh, what did I call you? Hot Rod Beck. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to even. I'm not going to even edit that out, just because it's <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever said. All right, Hot Rod. It's available later on. Yeah. Yeah. When you're more popular, I'll use your entire name. How's that? Okay. <laughs> Hot Rod Bob Beck, ladies and gentlemen, uh, live with us on the bat phone as we're talking to him from his stately. Beck Manor in the beautiful Ventura County area, and we, of course, are at the Talking About Cars studios. Yes, I'm still in studio. You were telling me that you even, have you had a chance at all to drive any of your cars around in this coronavirus atmosphere? Because you're technically supposed to stay at home, but have you driven at all? Yeah, actually, we we did sneak out yesterday, and uh, we drove up the coast. Now, we stayed in the car. We didn't go any, any place where there were people. Other than we made one stop at Costco to get gas, and it was empty. But Costco uh, was empty. Costco, the gas station. Oh, was the gas empty. station was empty. Yeah. Yeah. The How much Costco, did you pay? How much did you pay? Uh, Two fifty nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, it's it's the the best it's been in years. Uh, we took a drive up the coast, so we stayed along the coast, drove up to uh, the Santa Barbara area, and drove back. It was a couple of hours of, of driving. But we talked, which is something unusual, and we enjoyed the You and your wife talked? Yeah, we did, actually. Shocking. I know. You know, and she, it was, it was kind of like having a GPS. She kept telling me where to go. But um, Thank you! <laughs> but I'm bump Yeah. He'll well, be here all show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and uh, I may be sleeping in the show. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we did. We enjoyed the cruise. We, we took out our 56 Chevrolet. We drove it up the coast, drove it back a couple of hours, like I said, in the sunshine, beautiful weather, unbelievable lack of traffic, and it was beautiful. We stayed at, you know, 65, 70 miles an hour. We were being passed, and a couple of other guys had the same thing. A guy with a, a, a cougar came up from behind, a 1967, 68 cougar. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were talking about someone. Never mind. Mm-hmm. You said but anyway, yeah, the cougar, yeah, no, no, this one was four wheels. I got it, thank and, you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. But he, came, he, you know, he came alongside, thumbs up, and cruised by us. We came alongside a guy that apparently had just bought 
an older Pontiac Bonneville on a trailer. He was towing it back up to wherever he was going. We got to see some other old cars, you know, going in the other direction. And strangely enough, a lot of people on motorcycles uh, just cruising. And it was great because there was a lack of traffic. And, the, you know, the skies were blue. The surf was, was amazing. We could drive right along the coast. And it was it was great. It was a nice time out. We didn't have any interaction with anybody, so we kept our distance. You're so polite. We tried. Okay, very good. Yeah, I actually got a chance to drag out the uh, 57 Pontiac and uh, took it around a little bit. Uh, actually, I ended up taking it out to go get takeout food. Mm-hmm. And what I call my theoretical son, uh, <laughs> he doesn't like it when I call him stepson, so he's a theoretical son, Stan. He uh, uh-huh. is the first time he told me he's ever driven in a Pontiac. Really? And, and he's like, he's like 25, 26, 27, 25. See, he that's the other part. He's been missing. Yes. Well, he does because he was grinning from ear to ear by the time we got out of the car. So it was uh, pretty cool stuff. So the Miata is going to be going to be looking for a GTO now. Yeah, that's what I told him. I said, if you if you think this Pontiac is nice, try driving in a GTO. Or maybe something really large of a Pontiac, you know, something like yeah. a, a two plus two or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah I, we'll I, have to get him a ride in the GTO when uh, this all clears up. I, I think so. I, I know of a couple that I can set up an old school GTO and a current one, and he can see the differences. Oh, yeah. All right, something to think about. Hey, this week on the show, of course, in case you. Uh, did not hear it last week. This is part two of our uh, interview with Gunnar Nelson, the uh, one of the sons of Ricky Nelson, the late Ricky Nelson uh, from the uh, Ozzy and Harriet show. And, of course, uh, his singing career, Garden Party, all those great songs that he had in the 50s and, then of course, a career later on in life. I, and we also talked about not only Ricky's cars in the last show, but we talked about his uncle's cars. Uh, We talked about Mark Harmon's cars and all sorts of other interesting things. So more of that today, because this time in this show, um, Gunner talks about his grandfather's cars, Tom Harmon's cars, or at least a one that certainly uh, stands out for an interesting reason. Do you remember what that reason was? I sure do, and uh, it was it was interesting. It, it, not something we'd expect, but he said his uncle enjoys the reactions. Yes, you're such a liar. You don't remember anything. No, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outing you. No, no, I'm gonna cut that out. Um, okay, so anyway, uh, Gunnar Nelson is going to join us now here on talking about cars, uh, and of course, the big question we asked him to get into this, of course. So, Gunnar. What's currently in your garage right now? Uh, right now, I'm, I'm actually pretty low on cars. I've got three right now. I only have three, but it's be- because it's a happy problem. I ran out of garage space. <laughs> ah, okay. You know, but, but, but on my dreams, my bucket list is actually to get a place out here in Nashville that's got some more land and build a, build a barn just for the cars. That's what I'd love to do. How long have you been and- in Nashville now? 25 years. Wow. wow. Okay. I didn't think, you know, it's, it's so hard for me to believe you're that old. Well, it's hard, hard for me to believe that uh, you can find the remote control. So, hey. <laughs> no, because I still remember you and your brother when you hit the scene, and uh, my neighbor actually was one of the guys that played with you guys. And it was, I, I just don't, there's many years that have passed, but I don't 
feel like they've passed. So I still think of you and your brother as when you were just making the scene and uh, being on top there. Well, I had, thank you. Well, you know, television tends to do that to people. You know, it's, it's one of those things, like if you're on MTV like we were, you get branded in people's minds if they grew up during that time, you know, from that time. So, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I, you, you walked right into it. You said your neighbor used to play with us. Who's your neighbor? Yeah. I, you know, I'm trying to remember his name. I think his first name was Jim. And Jim he, McCrone. Yes, and he was seeing your sister at the time. Oh, okay. Oh, no, you're talking Jimmy Infeld. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember his last name, but he was my neighbor in Burbank. And uh, uh, I, I met your sister. Great. I met your sister a few times, and she was over there. Well, yeah, the story behind Jimmy, you know, Jimmy's got a great family connection. His brother, Ricky Infeld, uh, was actually the drummer in my father's band and was in the plane and, and on the plane when the accident happened. We lost oh. uh, Ricky at that time. And we were always very, very close to the Infeld family. And James, uh, well, Jimmy, is, is just a, a great musician, singer, and star in the whole Americana thing. So, uh, yeah, that neighbor of yours is actually you know, quite the star. I didn't realize that because, he, you know, we were just – he was building – he was into hot rods at the time, yep. too. And yep. I had hot rods, and we lived, you know, next to each other just about. And, you know, he'd borrow a book on this, and I'd, you know, go over, and we'd get it back. And then he got a greasy – he got me another one, and then, you know, things like that. And uh, it was just kind of a neat to have a neighbor like that. Oh, super cool, man. What were you working on at the time? Do you remember what your hot rod was? Yeah, I had a 48 Plymouth. I still have it. I've had it for 35 oh, years. And now, do you remember what Jimmy was working on? No, I don't, because the book that I let him use was for a Model A. A buddy of mine had built a Model A and wrote a book on how to build a Model A hot rod in a traditional form. And that's what uh, he was looking at, and I guess it got a greasy because he was working on one. Well, for the listeners out there, uh, Jimmy Info, you should look him up on the Internet. He's great, but he's very much I mean, a tried-and-true rockabilly guy. So we're talking like he lives the lifestyle. I mean, still to this day with yep. the, you know, the pompadour and uh, mm -hmm. and the Sailor Jerry tattoos and, and real hot rods <laughs> and all that stuff. That's what he does. And, and that's how we met, kind of, because some of the people that used to come over to his house, I became friends with as well in the car hobby. And they all had, you know, one guy had a Hudson, another guy had a Model A Touring and things like that. So there were always hot rods on the street. Well, rock and roll and hot rods have always gone hand in hand, of course. You know, it's just yeah. that, that culture. It's pushing the edge and... And, you know, getting that whole visceral response out of everything in your life, you know, hot cars, hot girls, hot music, and that's just kind of the way it is. And I, I really don't blame them. I think as far as hobbies go, having a car Jones is actually, you know, kind of like the least of many evils. But, man, it sure can break if you're not careful. Absolutely. Well, and, of course, this podcast, we, we deal with car adjacencies as well. We once talked to somebody, a couple, that had your grandfather's, 1955 Pontiac station wagon. Oh, I almost bought that car. Oh, did you? I almost, I almost bought it. Yeah, uh, someone actually called me about that. Oh gosh, about seven years ago. And at the time, the car was in Arizona. It right, was on a right. Lot that's where Arizona. it was. Yep, it was on a lot in Arizona, and I actually went to look at it. I was very serious about buying it, and it's very unfortunate because uh, none of the panels were galvanized from the factory. And and uh, they they weren't using rust protection at all, and that poor Pontiac station wagon was just a rust bucket. Mm. It was it, it was a shame because it had a lot of the the great parts, and of course it had the great family connection and story. But financially speaking, it, it had really kind of like it kind of crossed the threshold into you have to really 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 want that car to make it financially feasible. I was going to say. 
Somebody, had, I think, by the time, you said seven years ago, I think somebody found it and did some work to it, because when we saw it, or at least pictures of it, it looked in pretty decent shape. Yeah, it looked like oh, it was no, it, it, re- it really did. It looked beautiful, guys. It did. Mm-hmm. It looked absolutely beautiful until you put it up on a rack. Ah. Yeah, put it up on a rack and take a look at it, and, and you look at the, the, the important places. I'm not talking panel replacement. I'm talking frame issues and stuff like that. You were going to have to do some pretty serious work on that car, and you'd be so upside down in it that, again, look, if, if I stumbled upon my father's Pantera, I don't care what it would cost, I'd fix it, you know, because yeah. I have such an emotional connection to that car. But, um, but to Oz and Harriet's uh, Pontiac, you know, of, of course, General Motors was one of the family sponsors for the TV show. I mean, Ozzy was such a genius. Uh, the guy was just brilliant. He, uh, he actually owned the family television show. It's the longest-running TV sitcom in history at 14 and a half years, 435 episodes. But Ozzy, when he did his deal for the TV show with the major sponsors at the time, he had three, Kodak, Coca-Cola, and Hot Point, which is General Electric. You know, and, um, yeah, like there was uh, a, they made refrigerators and they made uh, stoves and right. that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. And his and his executive friends at, at General Electric at Hot Point actually turned him on to a friend uh, of theirs at General Motors. So uh, they, they did what Uncle Mark does with NCIS. You were talking about the chargers that you could see on NCIS. Those are actually loaned to the production by uh, by the car company. And Ozzy was no different back in his day. And that Pontiac station wagon, Pontiac, General Motors was a sponsor of the Ozzy and Harriet show for three years. And that car came from that particular deal. It was actually a gift. It's kind of like a little bonus from, from Pontiac, from General Motors. So um, there's a great story on it, and it's got great eyeball. It's wonderful. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that particular Pontiac was a nine-passenger wagon, which I've always been incredibly fond of. I think they're great. I mean, one of my dream cars is a 1956 through 59 uh, uh, Ford, uh, uh, not the, was it um, the Country Squire. The nine-passenger wagon. Oh, yeah. Very, 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 very hard to find those now. And uh, that's something I would definitely love to have. What was your first car? Are you there? Uh Uh-oh, I think we lost you again. Call us back. (laughs) Oh, gee. Oh, well. Well, we lost him again. Hopefully, he'll call us back. There he is. Hi, you're back. Fellas, sorry about that. I, I just I, I think I stepped into the twilight zone. We can put a man on the moon. We just can't get cell service, you know? I, I guess not. So we were asking, what was your first car? My well, my very first car was that thirty that that fifty three Chevy pickup truck. Oh, okay. That was my that was my very first car. What's your right. first vehicle? That, that what kind of car did you have after that? Oh, car. Um my first car that I went out and bought new. Or not that, new. Well, no, I mean, this, this was the first thing that I bought because I'd caught a lick. You know, I was driving the truck uh, basically until, okay, my first car that I actually went in and bought was a 1987 um, Ford Mustang GT. It was the hatchback, uh, five-speed, um, beautiful car. Loved that car, so, like, a, like a charcoal gray. Very simple Ford Mustang GT. I loved that car. And that was the first one I actually bought. I, right. I'd been driving trucks up until that point. All right, so you got rid of your Corvette, your C7. No, uh-huh. no C8 on the on the horizon, but you said you've got three vehicles right now. What what are? Well, they? I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discount owning a C8. Of course, I'll do that at some <laughs> point. But um, I, I think I'm gonna wait the two or three years before the speculators, uh, you know, after the speculators have have tacked on forty grand to a car that yeah. that came out at fifty eight, but. 
it's going to be really interesting to see what our friends over there, General Motors, are going to do with the Z06 version of this car. Mm-hmm. Because if if the standard Stingray at fifty eight grand is that awesome, uh, I can't even imagine what they're going to do with the Z06. You know, so, it, uh, it is. Randy and I got to see it at the press preview, and it is an amazing car. Yeah, it's quite a what, bit. What you get? Did you get to see the Z06? No, the the first Stingray before it uh, oh, actually oh, yeah, hit no, the streets. No, I, Actually, met somebody. I don't know who the guy was, but it was about three months ago, and that beautiful cobalt blue color. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone drove to our local Cars and Coffee in one. That's the one. And I got to see it, and oh my goodness, does that have eyeball? That is a beautiful car. It really is so pretty. Um, the thing that's going to take a lot of getting used to for me, fellas, I, I actually like rowing through gears in in a sports car. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that an automatic is the wave of the future and it's more efficient and you shift faster. It's just doesn't, it's not as much fun to me. And, and to me, you know, driving in a car is about the fun factor. So, you know, that, that's one of those things I'm, I mean, I'm sure they're not going to go back to a manual transmission, which is kind of a drag, but I'll tell you what, if they did offer a, if the Z06 was only offered, it was, was also offered in a manual transmission and it was the only Corvette that was, man, they triple sales. Yeah, wouldn't they? Absolutely but, true. But what a beautiful, beautiful car that is! I, they've done such a great job, and it's uh, an interesting thing. Every every version of the Corvette that's come out, uh, they, they the standard. Look, I'm more of a Z06 kind of guy. I'm really not a, a stock, a stock uh, Stingray kind of person. Um, but uh, but I, I could say that before I owned a, a C7 Z06. And, uh, man, that thing, I, I swear it needs a flux capacitor. You hit warp speed in that thing. <laughs> you know, it, it's a fantastic car. And, and I don't want to scare anybody away from them because it's really docile and tractable around in the city. It's a really pleasant car to drive. But, man, uh, it, can, it, can, it can get squirrely really quick if you're not careful. You really have to drive that car with a lot of respect because it will kill you dead. Now, you're talking about uh, the cars that you've had. You've talked a little bit about some of the cars you'd be interested in. Let's do the list. Everybody's got a list. The top, let's say, five cars that if you would get if you uh, didn't matter, money or whatever. What are the top okay, five okay. cars no, no, on the cool, Gunnar right? Nelson list? Okay, on my, on my current list, you want five cars that I want. Because well, right now what I have is if you walk into my garage, you've got a bright red five-window 1952 Chevy pickup. Looks beautiful. Uh, right next to it, you have a hot rod truck, which is really a show car. It's it's done by a guy named Heath Murray uh, down in Fort Worth, Texas. It is a gorgeous called Meadow Mist Green, which is kind of like a seafoam green color stock from the factory. 1956 big window that has a 383 stroker in it and a hot rod automatic overdrive transmission in it. And it is absolutely gorgeous. The interior has been tooled by a local saddle maker. And it's all that tooled leather and stuff. We on saw pictures of that. That's pretty amazing. It's a pretty cool. It's really it's a beautiful truck. And but that's that's the hot rod. The other one next to it is is the farm equipment. But if I were to give me give me a, a, a just a an unlimited budget, here's what I would have. I'm actually I'm going to have to do ten. Is that okay with you guys? I think we could handle that. Yeah, yeah not a problem. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, okay. for you. Okay. Okay, just for tooling around, okay, I've got to complete my 50s vibe, which I've got going right now. I would definitely do a 57 T-Bird from Amos Minter uh, mm. down there in Texas. In Dallas, yeah. Um, I would uh, do a, a Resto Mod 1957 Bel Air with a Corvette drive, drivetrain in it. Good choice. I'd definitely do that. Um, I, would do, uh, I would do 
the big three Shelby cars, Matt and I are, are, are tight with the Shelby people. Mr. Shelby was a family friend. Uh, we got to test his Can-Am car back in the day. He was really good friends with my grandparents. And Matthew and I are working with them right now for, uh, for the benefit of their heart fund, the Shelby Heart Fund, which is a wonderful charity. And uh, as part of that, who knows, maybe down the road, uh, you know, I've, I've owned a 427 Cobra. Matthew has as well. But I would have the big three. Um, so with, with Shelby, I would have a 427 Cobra. Um, I'll make it four. I'll do an FIA Cobra too, the small block. Okay. Uh, I would do a Daytona, um, Shelby Daytona. I would do a GT40 because, oh, my God, you just kind of have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do a 1965 GT350, you know, with a, none Perfect. of the bells and whistles, just a, a purpose-built track car for the street. Okay. Um, I would do a... Sunbeam Tiger, because mm-hmm. I've always wanted one. Poor man Shelby. I, I, all right. I would do a Griffith. Oh, yeah. Because I just think that's kind of a kind of a neat car. Uh, it's got a story. I would find my dad's Pantera, and I would take that back, and I would restore that, and I would do that. Um, on the modern side, of, well, I, I actually, I'd probably have to redo. I, I had another car that I restored once upon a time, which I loved and I missed, which was uh, a 1966 uh, GT Mustang convertible, mm-hmm. but it was actually an employee car. Uh, it was an executive car. So uh, it, it was a K car, so it came with the K serial number, the solid lifter Shelby motor in it. But as an employee car, I don't know who actually did this engine, but uh, but apparently uh, Major Brunk from Beverly Hills Mustang back in the days of 1987 who restored the car found this engine pulled out of a, out of a boat, and it was the it's supposed to be the 271 horsepower solid lifter 289 and and the car he actually benched the 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 engine and found out the car made 450 horsepower naturally aspirated so somebody had blueprinted this thing and made it a race motor and man i missed that car because on the outside it was a total sleeper it just looked beautiful and it was a gorgeous very classy mustang but when you pulled up to the stoplight next to to somebody they could hear those solid lifters ticking under the hood that that was a bad boy. I would have to do that as well. <laughs> yeah, um, probably do another Shelby um, as well. I'd probably do a '68 KR. Okay. Um, I would do a '69 Roadrunner because I just love them, and I would do it in special order plum crazy purple, which they didn't offer until 1970. That's right. But I would do that for myself because I just think it's a badass color, and I think that's a better looking body on the '69. Um, and I would also do. I mean, I don't know anybody who who wouldn't uh, who wouldn't want to have a 1971 Hemi Cuda. But I'd really like to have one. Um, I would settle for a for a Challenger TA or an AAR Cuda, but I, I would really like to have the Hemi. And the last on my list is I would I would definitely do a big Super B with a 440 and a six pack. There we go. I like a Mopar guy. All right, question for you. Your By ga- the way, that was 17, but it's okay. It's okay. I like we it. like that. I we, no one's going to stop you. No. Yeah, there's a car that's associated <laughs> with your dad from okay. the t- from the TV show. It was a hot uh, Model A hot rod at One Pebble Beach a few years ago. The green one. The green machine. Have you ever... Hell of a car. That is a hell of a car. I love that. Did, oh, have yeah. you, did you see it after Donna Roscoe restored it? Yeah, well, no, I haven't seen it in person. It was at the Ford Museum for a while. Yes. Uh, I was tracking that thing down. Uh, Mattel actually made a model of the Ricky Nelson hot rod Did on they? that show. So I have, that's as close as I get. I've got it in the box, unopened, from the 50s. I've got the Mattel model of it, yet to be assembled. But um, actually, my, my hot rod builder, Heath Murray down in, in Texas that I told you about, actually uh, called the person who owns the car, and they traded a bunch of pictures and stuff because I'd been talking about it 
And apparently that car was really groundbreaking in the hot rod world. It had a lot of first to it, the way they treated the fenders on it. And also it was a really beautiful looking car. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never seen it in person. Have you gotten to see it in, in person? Yeah, I saw it when Donna Roscoe was restoring it right before it won Pebble Beach. It was a beautiful it, car. Is it beautiful? Yes. Yeah, it is It yeah. is timeless. It is It is pure 50s. Yeah, I've seen pictures. Ah. It's gorgeous. Now, what, what, do you know what's powering that car? No, that I don't remember. I, I'm trying to think if it was a flathead V8 at the time okay. or not, but it was. I believe the car was originally built in 1955. So uh, chances are it was still a flathead because that was still the, the engine of choice. What a sexy car. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'd like to make... Look, I can't afford the real one, but I could always make a replica. Oh, yeah, yeah cool. definitely. I mean, that's that's a real hot thing right now with a lot of guys recreating cars of the past of that nature. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I, I mean, I, who wants to drive a million-dollar car, man? When somebody slides a shopping cart into it, you want to cut your wrist. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, not from that kind of experience I don't have, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I completely get what you're <laughs> yeah. saying. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't have that kind of experience either. I can only imagine. Hmm. And I'd have nightmares. The whole thing would be nightmares. <laughs> oh, it'd be pretty well, brutal. I, mean, I learned, you know, actually putting this whole thing together, it's like my, my, my brother's favorite car right now is he's also got a Bandit Trans Am, a 77. He spent $18,000 on that car last year, and he has more fun in that car and has more smiles from people and thumbs up and people wanting to talk to him about that car than anything else he's owned. And he's owned some really, really nice cars throughout the year. And, and this, he's got this joy of the whole thing. I realized after restoring, when I, when I was younger and I was putting cars together, I built like, I think, 12 classic Mustangs. And I, in, in, uh, over time, I realized there is really, truly such, such a thing as, as TFNTD. And, and it's too freaking nice to drive. Only I don't use freaking. <laughs> yeah, I got it. And, you yeah. know, when you, when, you get it, when you get it beautiful, look, I, I don't want to – it's like owning a guitar that's a beautiful classic guitar, I want to play it. I don't want to put it in a case and, and leave it under a bed. And when you have a car that's too nice, unless you get your jollies sitting in a lawn chair at a car show all the time in the heat and, and telling people to stay away from your car, like you're telling the neighborhood kids to stay off your lawn, that's not an idea of fun for me. You know, I, I want to drive my cars. You got to drive them to them. love them. You got to drive them to enjoy them. Yeah, trailer queens are not, and, not something yeah, man, like. and, you can make them really nice and all that stuff, but then drive them and use them for 20 years and then restore them again. You know, you, you know, enjoy you, them. You, you've just hit Randy and I on our heads. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, that uh, sounds violent. You, anyway, you, <laughs> that, that's exactly how our cars are. Our cars are drivers. We enjoy them. And, yep, uh, me too. And me too. That, they've got to the be. nicest thing I own is that 56 pickup truck, and we drive it every single day. That's great. That's my daily driver every day. Wow, that's great. That's really cool. So, just to make sure now, your your grandfather was not a car guy per se, although he got a lot of cars for the show. He did well. He he did have one car that I think he would be most attached to. They called it Nelson's Folly, and it was the thing that he spent a year's salary on when wow. he was up and coming. And I found one picture of it. It was only rumored to have existed and stuff, but you know, he never really talked about it when I was a little boy when he was still alive. But I found a picture of it, and, I mean, it was this beautiful early Ford. But what he had done is he'd gone down to a local sign company in, in uh, New Jersey back in the day when he was promoting his big band, and they stenciled the Ozzie Nelson Orchestra signage all over the side. <laughs> and it was, how he, it was actually how he, uh, he advertised his big band at the Glen Island Casino. And uh, rumor has it he was tweaking the engine as he went along and all that kind of stuff. But, 
Um, Harriet eventually, actually, when they caught a lick and they were doing pretty well, Harriet made him sell it and stuff because David came along. Mm-hmm. And it was, I guess it was time to put away childish things. But, um, boy, I sure would like to see that. I really <laughs> would. I'd love to get that car back. All right. David's the only one we haven't spoken about. Was he into cars as well? No, not really. Um, David was uh, interesting. David would go out to a dealership and buy a car. It wasn't, he wasn't really like into the whole romance of, of everything. That was, you know, honestly, that is a great example that, that actually, that actually uh, reinforces my point that if you're not into cars, then you're not into romance. He, he's, he was really more, you know, just totally outcome focused and he thought it was a waste of time, whereas our father was totally into everything about it. But that would really be a, a, great, a great example of the differences between uh, David Nelson's personality and Ricky Nelson's personality. You know, Dave, uh, Ricky was the rock star. David was not. You know, Ricky was the ham in front of the camera. David always felt more comfortable behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. It's just, just their personalities. You know, our dad always had the, the – he was always the punchline guy. David was the straight man. You know, that's, that's what they did. That's what their roles were. But it worked out fine because I, I don't think – you know, I think you have to actually have it in you to want to, to – it's like, it's like a quarterback who's got – 10 seconds on the clock in the big game. You're either the kind of person who says, give me the ball, I got this. And you thrive on moments like that, which you have in, in entertainment too. You know, you're either the guy who says, give me the spotlight, I got this, I want this, I want to run this stage, or you're selling T-shirts out in the parking lot and you're happy with that. <laughs> speaking, you know, it, speaking, it of, personalities. speaking of uh, your other grandfather, Uncle Mark's dad, Tom Harmon, old oh, quite a guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll just throw this out. Was he much of a car guy that you were aware he of? He was. He, he actually really was. He was. He, um, when he actually got into broadcasting after he won the Heisman Trophy at Michigan in 1940, and, uh, and then he got into broadcasting when he came back from World War II. And as part of his deal with, uh, again, it was ABC at the time, uh, they actually had a sponsor, and I believe the sponsor was Buick. And every year he got a, a new Buick to drive, and it was for about 10 years or so. And I, I remember he had a Buick Rivie that was his pride and joy. He loved it. It was one of the bow tails. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember what the year was. I think it was 68, 67, well, 68. I was going to say, the bow tail Riviera was probably mid-70s, but I know that. No, uh, no, no. This is the one the with the big-ass big motor in it. This was this was a hot rod. So it was, so it was like, a Grand Sport. I think it was. Yeah, we, we actually found the car. Um, we got approached about two years ago <clears throat> by the current owner of it. He, um, he actually tried to get in touch with Uncle Mark, uh, thinking that Uncle Mark uh, was, was going to have a huge emotional attachment to his father's car. And Mark was like, eh, no big deal. I always hated that thing. If you guys want to <laughs> buy it, you can buy it. And, uh, and, and so we, we actually called the guy and talked to him about it. And, uh, and it was very, very cool. It just required a lot of work. That particular car was also very rusted out. And uh, because I, I only remember that car for one reason, we were down in Laguna Beach at the family house down there when I think Matthew and I were like seven. And we were pulling out of the parking lot for the for the local uh, grocery store. And Grandpa Tom, he, he was a very aggressive guy and stuff, but he, he also had this habit of short braking all the time. And and I guess he didn't see the cars coming as he was trying to pull onto Pacific Coast Highway, and he panic stopped. And Matthew was sitting on the hump between the, the the driver's seat and the passenger seat. He was sitting on the hump there as a seven year old, and he went straight forward, and his head went straight through the windshield. Oh! Um, 
No, no, it didn't hurt himself or anything like that. Uh, Grandpa Oz or Grandpa Tom was just pissed off that it cracked his windshield. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, it just spiderwebbed the windshield and stuff. Boy, he was ticked off about that. That's the only thing I remember that car for. Well, that could explain why Uncle Mark didn't he want it then. Car. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> wow, you have some great stories, my friend. Oh. You know what, guys? Thank, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. I appreciate you actually, like you know, keeping the whole romance of of the car experience going and and car adjacent, as you were saying. You know, it's kind of one of those things that I have a lot of fun with. You know, and and I, I've been really blessed. I've been able to go all over the world with my music and meet all kinds of really great people. But the one through line that I have with everybody that I meet that are also you know fellow car, car people is we all have these great stories and. Cars aren't just transportation to guys like us. They're just not. They're, they're memories. They, uh, they were family members. They were things that, um, that they're great time machines for us that we see a particular car that was part of our past and we're instantly transported back there, much like hearing a favorite song from back in the day on the radio takes us right to that moment. Um, it's just one of those things that I think makes life worth living and puts the color between the lines. And, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably, you know, die a car guy too. It's, it's never going to be a pain in the butt. It's always going to be something to look forward to. That's right. One of my cars is basically a car that pretty much is similar to the one I had in high school, and it's just and one of those things. Makes you feel a certain way, doesn't it? It's different, especially when uh, you could sit there and put it and hook it up with Sirius XM, and the next thing you know, it is like you were in high school again. Yeah, uh, looking at the pretty... same dashboard, looking at the same yeah. glove box with the logo on it. Absolutely. Listening to the same and music. And also, too, back in the day, man, when you had a car like that with a big, uh, big back seat, you guys always had a place to go, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah, uh-huh. Because cars were big back then, yes, of course. They, yeah, they, yes, they were. They were. Absolutely. Like a twin bed back there. It was awesome. <laughs> I, I had a, a Nash Arrow flight. It actually became a bed. The front seats yeah, folded down it. flat. That's true, they did. Kaiser of course, as well. you never used that feature at all in high school. Never. never. No. No. no, not at all, no. Hey, so uh, you got anything you want to plug? Anything you've got, guys, you guys have coming up? Well, we're, we're out with uh, our Ricky Nelson Remembered show. We do about 100 shows a year, so we're out there doing that. We're going to be starting a, a brand-new project this year called Firstborn Sons. It's a country project. But, uh, you know, other than that, man, I, you know, Matt and I are, are just uh, kind of ratcheting up to, to do our own uh, television show on the Internet every single week. Uh, we're going to be doing something novel, which is actually offering for free to the public a brand new original song every single week of the year, wow. every year until the day we die. It's going to be going to be new music. We have we realize that we have a stockpile of songs that aren't getting out there and we want to share them with our fans. So look out for that. When are you going to get into the L.A. area at all, or Southern California, this uh, with your band? I don't think we have anything booked, but you know, I mean, L.A. is is our is our home. You know, it's it's always been. So, I think the last time we played down there was uh, was in Orange County. Um, I'll let you guys know. I know we've Please. got a Nelson concert uh, scheduled for the summer at the legendary Whiskey A Go Go there on the Sunset Strip. Oh, so we definitely you, want to yeah, be man, there. Yeah, man, if you come to our website, it's the NelsonBrothers.com, spell it all out, or you'll get a plumbing company. Um, <laughs> okay. We've got all of our dates on there, too. Of course, we're, we're on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. You can see us on our socials and stuff, and we'll, we'll keep in touch. And, and, of course, we'll do the little, little uh, follow docs of every time we get a new car, and, and we have to go through what we go through to get it back home. We'll make sure that with everybody. Well, all right, absolutely. That's great. Well, good luck with the show, guys, and lots of love to the listeners out there, and we'll see you, around. We'll see you on the road. Thanks again to our guest, Gunnar Nelson. 
to join us here on Talking About Cars. Remember, you can subscribe for free to Talking About Cars on Radio.com and iTunes, KNX 1070 as well, so that way you can be notified when a new podcast is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. And if you are on iTunes, please give us five stars. Leave a comment about what you think of the podcast. We're also on Alexa. We're also on our website, TalkingAboutCars.net, where I throw in some extra bonus stuff about a little behind the scenes of the interviews. Hey, don't forget to follow us on social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all talking about cars, except for on Twitter. It's talk, the letter N, about cars. Also, follow Hot Rod Bob Beck on his Great American Auto Scene show. He has accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. He's got videos on YouTube, all sorts of good stuff. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon along with Hot Rod Bob Beck. Join us as we have some fun talking about cars. This is a Two Tired Guys production.